Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 25 of Retro Hangover. Listeners of Retro Hangover, welcome to today's episode where we are breathlessly baiting babies, banally breaking beloved beginnings, besmirching belittled beatniks, because banking begotten bargains beats boring benefits, blizzard be bitches. Welcome to the next level. There is no cow level. Welcome to Retro Hangover. (laughs) Uh, I would like to say that that is false. There is, in fact, a cow level. I have heard whispers. Legend. Not, 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 I don't think it's in the one we, we are talking about today, but what? there is a I don't know level. what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, you are probably streaming to you over your mobile phone as you're listening to this because we all know that all of you have phones. And we are going to be discussing the ever immortal <laughs> Diablo. Yeah, yeah, we are. And before I get off topic, I would like to introduce our stunning. Beautiful boy, Shane Kosky, keeping with the alliteration of the beast. (laughs) (laughs) I am the video game boy. I am the one who wins. Yes. Uh, I mean, you realize you didn't even introduce yourself, right? So uh, I also have, uh, I'm not going to do the alliteration because that's not my shtick. That's that's his bag. But we've also got our our wonderful co-host, Chris Copeland, here today as well. Yeah. I think this is the first time I've, I've dropped the introduction, but... I got the I got the alliteration back, so it's all a victory. You know, it's it's baby steps, man. You know, it's it takes us twenty five episodes to to get there or so, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get there eventually. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, in any case, how have you yeah. been doing over this lovely Thanksgiving break of ours? Man, I have been all over the place. Well, mostly in the, the southern eastern region of the United States, but all over. Uh, no, I just uh, we, we ended up spending it in Savannah, Georgia, um, which is very nice. I, li- I like Savannah. Um, I like visiting. Uh, their downtown is 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 pretty, uh, pretty beautiful, even when it was kind of cold and rainy like it was while we were there. Um, but then again, I don't really mind the cold. My... By my Viking northern northern blood, I guess, kind of dictates that I am just uncomfortably warm all the time. Which Your Canadian me... blood, it makes you strong. Yeah, that, there is that, I guess. It's strong in in that Florida, I, I don't know why I'm here, but... Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, it was it was good. We went up there and, and spent uh, Thanksgiving with with uh the girlfriend's family or at least one one half of the family that that side is over there um the other portion is mostly in like missouri i believe but uh but yeah pretty chill for the most part went and saw bohemian rhapsody which was really Ooh. good yeah um learned some things I, I didn't know about the the history of queen and then uh subsequently went and watched uh some videos on youtube of like Top 10 things that Bohemian Rhapsody totally changed about the history of Queen. <laughs> so, Top 10 things I don't really care to know. Something like that? I mean, may, I mean, do you not do you not care for Queen, Chris? Oh, I, I, I love Queen. Oh, okay. Maybe one day we'll do an Ogre Battle episode. Yes. Probably not, because it's really obscure. Was, <laughs> even, <laughs> even that reference was obscure. I'm like, I feel like I ought to know what's going on here, but I... I just don't. You don't know that about uh, Ogre Battle, the game Ogre Battle. I mean, like I've heard of Ogre Battle, but I mean, what what about it? Did, did um, Queen do the soundtrack? I'm not aware of that. No, Queen <laughs> Queen made a song called Ogre Battle, and oh. yes, and then the song, and then the uh, subtitles underneath. So Ogre Battle, the first Ogre Battle is Ogre Battle. Underneath is the March of the Black Queen, which is also a Queen song, and then Tactics Ogre. The subtitle there is Let Us Cling Together, which is also a Queen song. Hmm. Well, see, there we go. I learned something today. Learned something about Queen. Yeah, that that actually is true. I don't know. It, it 
based on what I saw, it was, it was roughly like 50-50. There's some things that were accurate and then some things that they dramatized, which I guess is to be expected. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I digress. I uh, I did bring my Switch along with me for, for the holiday break while we were up there, which, of course, um, immediately scored me uh, cool points with the the younger kids that were in attendance. So... That's cool, I guess. I, I was like the one cool guy there. Although I felt like a complete dumbass because um, I had never played Mario and Rabbids, which I ended up picking up on sale, which actually is really good, by the way, if you haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the kids basically has played through it, like, I think three times at this point. He was like, all right, let's do some co-op. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm down for co-op. <laughs> let's let's friggin' do this. I played and XCOM. Then, and then, yeah, and then he hands me the, you know, one of the Joy-Cons and he starts just doing a whole bunch of shit. And he's like, you don't know how to do this, do you? Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. So, like, he kind of showed me how to do it. And we played like one co-op battle and he was like, all right, I think let's play something else. Which was like, a, you know, the like eight year olds nice way of saying, like, you're you terrible at this old man. So, yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was overall a pretty good time. So uh, what about you? What, what went down with you and, and the fam? So, you know, we just stayed down in the local area down here in lovely Florida. Mm-hmm. Went to a neighbor's house, a uh, family friend. Was a great time. Had some really good food. Uh, kids, you know, ran around. I felt awkward because I'm completely and totally socially awkward most of the time. But for the most <laughs> part, it was fun. And uh, other than that, I've been hanging out with my old pal, PlayStation. Because PlayStation loves being pals, and been playing Final <laughs> Fantasy IX. Uh, I feel like that you're not going to get enough recognition for what you just said there. That's actually kind of clever. I I, I would like to think so, but <laughs> I, I've been trying to push through Final Fantasy IX. Um, made it uh into disc two a little bit, about maybe a quarter of the way through disc two. I think I still haven't gotten Salamander and Ico or Aramont for you Americans. So I'm going to keep on pushing through that and seeing if uh, I can continue to play this game without losing my mind. And we'll have an episode on it as long as... Are you still playing it? So technically, yes. But I I see, I I started playing and I posted about it on our Instagram and then you picked it up like after that. And then you very quickly moved past like wherever I was because I played it a few times and then got distracted by other games, and so here we are. But uh, yeah, you're you're like on disc two. I I'm probably not even halfway through the first one yet. <laughs> uh, well, disc one is not very long at all. Like I, well, I mean, whatever. Fuck it. I'm spoilers for a super old game or whatever. But um, I think right now I'm I'm actually I'm still actually. You know what? I think we talked about this on a previous episode. And uh, uh-huh. my location has not changed. I'm still in, like, the ice cavern. Holy shit. Yeah, super early. <laughs> you you better get in the game, Shane. Get in the game. Well, listen, I'm, I'm man. Putting my, I'm putting myself through this. I'm putting myself <laughs> through this. So you just want someone else to suffer with you? That's, that's what it is? I wouldn't call it suffering. It's just the Dark Crystal RPG is just something that I, apparently everyone needs to experience. I mean... I do like the Dark Crystal. I'm not going to lie. I guess it's the Dark Crystal. <laughs> but I think we're, we're moving way too far off uh, uh, our, our topic for our topic du jour, so to speak. So as we move on, we're, we're going to be talking about the game Diablo, the immortal game Diablo. Please, and please, please don't use that word. <laughs> which one, Diablo or immortal? You know, Chris, you know. <laughs> In any case, um, both of us growing up, I'm sure we both have a lot of memories. I know I played it as a child. Uh, I know definitely Shane played it as a child. And that's where we're going to get into the brief history of Diablo. Is Shane is going to walk us down that dark, 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 dark path. But not as dark as it has been today. Where you take down the demon lord himself known as Diablo. So Shane, take it away, you PC-loving bastard. Which way is the right path, as I stand upon this chaotic crossroad of hate? How many ways are there to roam on this dark 
and damned road of fate. There are many ways, my son, to find where the souls of demons remain. But it takes only one second of despair and of doubt until at last your soul they will gain. Inherit these lands, these things, these dreams that are yours forever to adore. For there is no life in the depths of chaos, my son, for you to explore. Believe it or not, we have a superhero fighting game to thank, at least in part, for the birth of the indisputable grandfather of modern action RPGs. The year was 1995, and Justice League Task Force was being developed by Japanese game studio Sunsoft. Great company. Sunsoft worked in conjunction with two American studios to produce different versions of the game. Condor Games on the Sega Genesis port, and Silicon and Synapse on the SNES version. Interestingly, these two companies were completely unaware of one another for most of the game's development, though they did work in parallel. Eventually, they became acquainted and quickly found a common fondness for PC gaming. While working on Justice League, David Brevik, co-founder of Condor Games, along with brothers Eric and Max Schaefer, had been building upon an idea for a turn-based role-playing game that he had originally conceived of in high school. Every publisher he had proposed the concept to shot it down, citing that RPGs were dead. <laughs> that all changed, however, when Brevik pitched his game to Condor's newfound friends at Silicon and Synapse, who, shortly thereafter, would take on a new name, Blizzard Entertainment. Blizzard took a keen interest in the idea, but with two requested changes make the game real-time, and include multiplayer. Condor Games, who would eventually be purchased by Blizzard's parent company at the time, Davidson & Associates, uh, and rebranded as Blizzard North, dove into development of what would become what we know today as Diablo. Several early PC RPGs served as inspiration for Diablo. According to the game's producer, Bill Roper, the team's initial pitch, in a nutshell, was to take the excitement and randomness of games like Moria, NetHack, and Rogue, and bring them into the 1990s with fantastic graphics and sound. The team also cited the Legend of Zelda series as a major influence on Diablo, particularly its move away from the stat-heavy, turn-based gameplay of earlier PC RPGs to a more fluid, real-time action approach. The story of Diablo, at its core, is a simple one. The demon lord of terror, Diablo, has corrupted the small town of Tristram, populating their once holy cathedral with devilish minions and undead horrors. You play as one of three adventurers, a warrior, rogue, or sorcerer, who have traveled to this remote area of the land of Kandoras to determine if the rumors are true and, if so, test your skill in the depths of the catacombs. Diablo would go on to receive almost universal acclaim upon release, with most reviews uh, praising its addictive gameplay, randomly generated dungeons, superior graphics, atmospheric soundtrack, and the vast number of possible items for the player to discover and equip. To this end, Macworld Magazine's Michael Gowan put it most succinctly when he wrote, The only downside to this role-playing game is that the adventure ends too soon. Many critics also noted the online multiplayer as a huge boon to the game, increasing its already vast amount of replayability. Diablo also won a number of awards in the year of its release, including Game of the Year from Computer Gaming World, GameSpot, and Computer Gaming Entertainment, and Best Computer Role-Playing Game of 1996 by GameSpot, Computer Gaming Entertainment, and Computer Games Magazine. In 1997, Diablo would get an expansion pack in the form of Hellfire, though this was produced by Sierra Entertainment rather than the in-house Blizzard team. Hellfire added two additional dungeon segments within a new side quest plotline, several new unique items, as well as new randomly generated magic item properties, spells, and a fourth character class known as the Monk. Blizzard sold exclusive worldwide rights to develop, publish, and distribute console versions of the game to Electronic Arts in 1996. In 1998, a PlayStation version of Diablo was released, developed by Climax Studios, and published by EA. 
The game lacked online play, but it did feature a two-player cooperative mode. Notable differences to the PC version include the auto-aiming for ranged weapons and spells, and an option for increased game speed, as well as the option to learn the story through a narrator, rather than finding lore books scattered throughout the game. And that is your brief history of Diablo. Ah, fresh meat. All right, that was that's awesome. That's an awesome history. Uh, I learned quite a bit from where what you talked about there with how essentially Blizzard started from Sunsoft, mm-hmm. and I thought they had been around a little bit longer than 1995. I didn't know they were that early. Um, I can't recall when did the first Warcraft come out. So, so that's the thing. Actually, is um, it was it was right around that same time because when. Uh, when Brevik ended up pitching the Diablo idea to, well, the company that would become Blizzard, um, I want to say that was right around the time that they had just done the first Warcraft, or at least were very close um, to releasing it right around that same time period. Mm-hmm. So um, they did have some titles, of course, that they had produced under their old moniker of Silicon and Synapse. Um, but, you know, most of the notable ones that we know today um particularly the ones that you can go onto blizzard's website now and look at their legacy games list like you know blackthorn and um that sort of thing rock and roll racing like you know they had all done that i believe under the blizzard name and i could be wrong about that but i know they had something to do with rock and roll racing that i do know and that's one of that's a really underrated uh game but anyway we're not here to talk about blizzard so stay a while and listen as we talk about diablo Uh, and our personal experiences after that wonderful history lesson. Going back to the history lesson again, Mm -hmm. I know I just threw that in just to be a dick, but uh, going (laughs) back to the history lesson. We're going to move on, but let's talk about that some more. All right, yeah, go for it. Um, They they referenced uh, Moria, Nethak never played it, and Rogue. Mm -hmm. I think I've played that before. I know the general uh, idea of Rogue. I find it odd that they cite the Legend of Zelda instead of Gauntlet. I think the natural progression of Gauntlet is Diablo. Uh, yeah, I mean that that is true. Um, I think so. So honestly, the the real big piece from you know like Moria and and NetHack and and all those uh, were just really the the roguelike elements that were in it uh, originally. So by the way, if you're listening to this and you want an even more sort of in depth look into Diablo and and kind of how it came to be. There's actually a really great uh, postmortem that David Brevik himself did at uh, GDC, the Game Developers Conference, in 2016. It's available on YouTube. It's a little over an hour long, but he does a presentation where he goes over all of this stuff, and it's actually really good. And it's it's interesting to listen to. But um, I'm sure those games in particular, he really liked what we've come to know as roguelike aspects like permadeath, um, randomly generated levels, you know, things like that. And originally the original design document of Diablo actually included all of this stuff. In addition to the game being more of a turn-based and actually, um, a, a party based game as well. He, he wanted it to be more like, uh, you know, those older PC RPGs like, you know, Ultima or things like that. Might and Magic. Yeah, or Might and Magic. That's a good example, mm-hmm. too. Um, uh, and getting into that, yeah, uh, I think that's a good segue. Because I'm going to talk about, like, my personal experience with Diablo. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big reasons I got into Diablo is because it wasn't a very uh, high barrier to entry like those other PC RPGs like Ultima, like Might and Magic. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. So, this is back again. I think we, I, I talked about a little bit with Doom. This is back at a time when then consoles, console players and PC players could not be further apart. Mm-hmm. They were in completely different worlds. They had different tastes in video games. They had uh, different tastes in what they looked for in, you know, hardware power, uh, controller preference, everything like that. And, and they, they pretty much, didn't overlap at all. People who played PCs played PCs, and people who played consoles like Sega and, and Nintendo, uh, the Genesis Super Nintendo, they stayed with that. Uh, Diablo, I think, brought that overlapping idea to gamers even more so than Doom. I think it really brought it to the forefront. Pretty much 
every console gamer you talk to who really console game back in the day, they, they probably play Doom, I'll give them that, but they also play Diablo. I mean, this is where you start to see Diablo came over to the PlayStation, as you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, Warcraft 2 came over to the PlayStation. Yeah, Starcraft, Starcraft on the N64. Um, and so you started seeing a lot of Blizzard games come over to these consoles. And, you know, going into history, when you said these guys were developing four consoles in the past, it makes sense why you're getting more of a streamlined console experience on the PC. You know, I got you got the click mountain mouse click and that how it directs you to where you need to go and you have HP and mana and it's very basic. It's very simple. Equipping things is is easy as opposed to where in like a game like Might Magic or Ultima, you have to worry about maybe in some games feeding your person uh, or if they have become encumbered because they're equipping too many things going straight off a lot of the old Dungeons and Dragon rules and trying to stay really faithful to them, whereas Diablo takes those ideas from console RPGs like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and The Legend of Zelda, and yeah, you're still limited to how much you can carry, but a lot of those ideas are implemented in how that game carries itself. Well, oh yeah, for sure, and I mean, even though you can still fill up your inventory, I mean, they also made it very simple to you know, kind of remedy that issue with the whole town portal system. So yeah. as long as you were carrying around some town portal scrolls, you could just cast one of those, go back up to town, sell all your junk and then get right back into it. Um, but yeah, no, th- that those are good points. And that's actually something that Brevik pointed out uh, himself at, at one point. Uh, it's closer to release of the game, actually, in some interviews that they had done where he was talking about how what he really wanted to try to do when they were designing the interface for Diablo and how the player would interact with the game. Uh, he wanted to make sure that it was to your point, a a much more streamlined process. And it really just kind of got you into the action quicker without having to spend, you know, hours figuring out the 53 different like customization options for your party or, you know, whatever, and really just get in there and start smashing things. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, and I think that was really effective. And it's one of those games, too, where I, I think I'd make the argument that it's very easy to pick up, um, but it also has a sufficient amount of depth to the systems that it includes that you also, uh, you know, it, it kind of also satisfies that kind of gamer who, you know, really does still like, to see some of those like statistics and things like that, you can, mm-hmm. you can totally see that as that's all surfaced in, in the game uh, interface itself, should you want to know about it. But I suppose the nice trade-off there is at the end of the day, you almost kind of don't have to know, you know? So, right. Yeah. Now it, it strikes a good balance, but um, so I, I'm assuming Chris that you're, your personal experience with the game is, in fact, with the PlayStation version. Am I correct? No. No, really? Uh, my original experience was on the PC. Oh. Uh, it goes back... I'm surprised. I, 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 yeah. I think I've mentioned this before. I, I used to hang out at a friend's house all the time back in middle school. Like, every Friday I go and hang over at his house, and we have sleepovers all the time. I don't know why. It was just weird, maybe. But we hung out <laughs> all the time. And he had Diablo, and he introduced me to Diablo on the PC. Mm, And that's when I was like, I want Diablo on my PC, and I want to play Diablo on my PC as well. And, of course, the internet was just starting out, and Battle.net had launched, Mm -hmm. and Battle.net was crazy in terms of what it was offering. I'd never had an experience like that before, playing with other people all over the world or locally or anything like that um, in my life. And what Diablo really did, because I experienced it on the PC, is it started to have me pay attention more to PC games mm-hmm. instead of just looking at the console version. So I got really hardcore into like Warcraft 2 and its expansion. I got really big into StarCraft. And yeah, I stuck with mostly Blizzard games, but I started looking at PC games more seriously. Like, because if I never played Diablo, I don't know if I'd ever get into, like, Ultima Online or EverQuest or uh, the Might and Magic series, uh, which are games I I played a lot of back in the day. I don't really play those now. That's right. You you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Diablo is a gateway drug. 
It is a gateway drug. <laughs> like I said, there was there's like Doom was fun, but it was good in short spurts for me. Like it was nothing, nothing I needed to play. Yeah. On the PC. Diablo was different uh, from the incredible soundtrack to just, you know, kind of basic characters. And you, you kind of cared about the townspeople because there wasn't a lot of them, but they weren't overbearing. They, they seemed like familiar faces and familiar friends. Plus, it should also um, be noted that they're all fully voiced and and voiced well also. Right. But that was back in the time that you had any voice acting in anything. It was, oh, my God, voice acting. Right. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have to be that good to be acceptable in, in the realm of voice acting. So back for Diablo at the time, you talk about, I think it was Kane. It was Stay a while and listen. Oh, yeah. Um, Deckard Kane. How that stuck with people. Last of the Haradrim. Or uh, the, the Butcher with, ah, fresh meat. Mm-hmm. And... Just trying to every single time, I think I randomly generate a character. Well, not randomly, but always generate a character all the time. I keep on restarting the game because I get to the point where I fight the butcher. And I was like, I don't want to fight the butcher. He's going to kick my ass. So I just keep on restarting <laughs> and hope for uh, better luck and better gear. Um, that's just the way I play games. But yeah, it was my experience on the PC. It was the first time. I, I actually never played the PlayStation version. Hmm. I also, also want to uh, do a quick shout out to um, Farnham, the town drunk. He's he's also the <laughs> dark horse contender for best voice. <laughs> so how about your personal experience? Um, I'm sure it was on the PC as well. It was. Yeah, I, I actually and we maybe we need to do this at some point, but I, I've never even played the console version of Diablo. So. I'd be interested okay. to see that just because of, you know, some of the functional changes they made, which, uh, interestingly enough, I feel like kind of set a precedent for, for Blizzard and Diablo on consoles because some of the, like, uh, you know, assistive aiming and, uh, things like that kind of also made their way into the console versions of Diablo 3, which is a fantastic port. Of the game, I'm. I'm actually. I'm not gonna lie. I, I. I've got hundreds and hundreds of hours into the PC version of D3, but I. I, I kind of like my Switch version more now. So mm. yeah. Um, but at any rate, uh, yeah. So so it was definitely on PC. Diablo was one of the first PC games that I played. Actually, this 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 hit right around the time when. We, as I mentioned in, in previous episodes, like our family got our first, you know, family computer, the venerable Compaq Presario, which I still, Is to it, this day, don't know what the hell that means. Um, you saying it's a Famicom? Uh, no. I'm saying it's oh. a Presario, what, whatever the oh. fuck a Presario is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we got that. And in addition to Doom, which we've already talked about, um, I also had Diablo and I ended up picking up, um, what was the other, a couple other ones. There were some that were packaged with the game, which maybe we'll talk about like magic carpet, which I don't care. You can fight me on this, but I think magic carpet's a bad game. Um, I never played it. Yeah. Well, there, there's some like weird nostalgic love for it out there that I don't think it deserved, but anyway, it, it doesn't look good. Yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the controls are garbage, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So Diablo is one of the first ones and this, I, I would say Diablo is probably the one that ate up the most of my time um, because kind of to your earlier point, it's the type of game where because almost everything is randomly generated, like when you start a new game, the layout of every single one of the 16 dungeon levels in the game is completely different every time. The levels themselves also have completely different enemies type, oh, enemy types and placement. Um, the loot itself is randomized. You're never sure like what kind of stats you're going to get or if you're going to get a good drop or not. And so that really kind of lends itself to a crazy amount of replayability to the point where I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit because we'll talk about this in a little, a little bit later, but, um, to mm-hmm. the point where, you know, I, I still play it today. Um, Actually, I have it installed on my computer and I've got like a level 30 something rogue right now. But <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, man, it, it it took up a lot of my time like Doom. I, I could kind of blast through and play a little bit here and there. But Diablo was probably one of the first ones that I just kind of sat and was enthralled for just hours at a time, probably to um, to my parents dismay, I'm sure. 
but uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I just there's there's so many good things about it that will probably stick with me forever. Um, the first time, and this obviously this comes up a lot, but it it, it it was it was an experience that I had as well. I think almost anyone, uh, especially if you were younger and you were playing it when the game came out, the first time you come across the the butcher. Um, and you see, cause you can see cause of the isometric view of the game, like you can see inside of his little chamber in the level. Uh-huh. And so you see just gore and bodies hanging from the walls and the ceiling and you're like, Oh shit, it's about to go down. And as soon as you open that door and he says that line about the fresh meat and he just bum rushes you with this giant ass cleaver, you just, <laughs> you just, you kind of shit yourself a little bit. <laughs> especially if you're like a warrior and you can't establish distance. Yeah, especially that. Yeah, because they a lot of the enemies, especially boss enemies in the first Diablo, kind of have a tendency to stun lock you, especially if they're melee characters, where there mm-hmm. seems like there's a very high chance that a hit will cause you to just kind of stand there for a split second. And if you're rolling up on the butcher and you just kind of went straight there, there's a good chance that he's just going to kind of like stun lock you and kill you in like two or three hits. And you then have to take a moment to like assess what just, you know, what just came down upon you. And that's one thing about Diablo is, you know, starting off the game, it, it's rather forgiving. It, it, it has that forgiving, forgiving living uh, learning curve and you can kill your, your basic enemies easily. And you can do that for most of the game anyway. You can just kind of roll through the enemies as long as you manage your health and your mana. But for the most the part, bosses, the, I would say once you, once you get to the later cave and, and hell levels, those enemies are fucking nightmares. But but continue. Right. But the bosses themselves, like the butcher, are extremely unforgiving. The the learning curve, if, like you said, you run into the butcher after pretty much hacking skeletons to death. Uh, for a while and you run into the butcher and you might be thinking, okay, this is going to be a little harder, but what is a few mouse clicks? And you figure out, okay, this is not a few mouse clicks. I actually need to find a way to strategize this. Uh, make sure that my button maps are, are correct and everything that I have set up is the way I want it to, or else this guy is going to kick my ass. And that's something I like about Diablo. And I think that's where a lot of the roguelike things come into it is if you die, all your shit's going to be on you and you have to go back and get it. And by the way, the guy who just killed you, he didn't leave because you didn't kill him. So it, it brought that element of the steep learning curve, um, which you can either love or hate, because I can understand where a lot of people might get frustrated with that. And the butcher was definitely an eye opener. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Up until that point, you're just kind of happily going along, you know, blowing up skeletons and, and you know, uh, imps and whatnot. And then... Uh, you just get a giant difficulty spike right there. It's just like surprise bitch. And, Mm -hmm. and that happens for, yeah, just about every one of the major, I think boss fights that can occur because that's the other thing is events are also randomized every time you start a new game of Diablo. So you might not get the same, uh, quest events every time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but yeah, man, um, that was, that's my experience. Like I, like I said, I still play it now. Um, it's, probably if I'm being on and it only might get knocked out by probably it's sequel, but um, Diablo is probably definitely one of, if not my favorite game. And I think I can probably say that mostly unequivocally. So what did you think of Battle.net? Did you play Battle.net back in the day in its prime or did you do any land parties or anything like that? I didn't really do a lot of that actually. Um, I I'll be I'll be honest with you. I I was actually a little afraid of battle.net. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh because being, you know, whatever I was at that time, let's see, 1996, I was like 10. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. being a 10-year-old or whatever and and playing that game and then being like, "Oh, you mean I can go online and but but I don't know any of these people and what if they think I suck at this or or what if they what if they kill me?" which by the way, griefing on the original Battle.net for Diablo was rampant, but yes. um, also a lot of cheating and item duping and other things like that. So yes. that kind of compounded the problem. Uh, I think so. There was that. It was it, to me, it was very intimidating. Um, 
And additionally, this was also a time when you had to connect to the internet through your phone line. So uh-huh. there was also that component too of my parents being like, yo, I don't, I don't want you to tie up our house phone for uh-huh. doing whatever that Vigima game business is that you're doing. Yeah, I, I didn't really have that kind of conflict with the phone line just because my dad was, a, well, he still is, a computer programmer. And he had a dedicated line so he could work uh, on his work, you know, telework, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. He, he did that forever. He had his own server, his own terminal in the basement, and he established a phone line just so he could go on the Internet and work. So he would be out in town a lot, so that would be prime time to get on the Internet and go into Battle.net. Yeah, and, that would have been nice to have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, loved, I loved it for the fact that I could always play with mostly friends, other people I knew were playing Diablo, and they would get on Battle.net and be able to play with them. That was always a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but going out to the wild, yes, there is a lot of downfalls in that just because of the hacks and the cheats. Um, but sometimes they could work out because you could take your character you were doing on your solo campaign and bring them into your battle.net campaign and get all these crazy ass items that people were you know, making and then just go through your solo campaign and just destroy everything without technically using a cheat. So it would kind of not be cheating but be cheating and that was always fun if someone dropped some ring that gave you like plus a million to every stat it's like oh cool now i don't have to worry about anything anymore and just roll through the game like a badass yeah or what was the uh what was the plate armor that everybody always made the godly plate of the whale i believe is what it was called Uh. but um yeah, I, I I did have a few experiences with Battle.net, but just not many. Like I and I remember. By the way, if you never played, you know, uh, online for the original Diablo, uh, PvP, which was basically just open. Um, technically, I think you couldn't kill each other in town, but as soon as you went into any of the dungeon levels, you were kind of fair game. Um, when you, I can't remember. I, I don't. I, I, uh, well, that's actually one of the things is I think people were hacking the game too to be able to just kill people directly in town because I don't think you were ever supposed to be able to do that. Um, well, it wasn't like it wasn't like you had a main hub that today that people think would of today like in an MMO. It's not like you'd have 30, 40 people in town. Oh you'd no no get no! Into this your is like town, there would be like four. Yeah, there'd only be like I think four or eight people. I can't remember the exact number. It was four. But it, yeah. Yeah. It would be like four people max, and then you would take those four people and you go through the dungeon. I don't even think PvP was authorized in the dungeon. I just think people modded the game so they could mm, recognize you as an enemy I, and attack you. I I I want to disagree with that because I'm pretty sure that it would there was a toggle for that in multiplayer where you could toggle yourself as being like PvP activated no. or not. I could be misremembering that because I'm pretty sure that that was. A feature in Diablo 2 but again like I said I, I didn't do a lot of the multiplayer to begin with but um, when you killed people you uh, they dropped obviously their gold and items and everything that they were carrying so you know you could kind of steal that shit um, but also they dropped an ear um, so oh yeah yeah so like basically that's that's the it's that's some reservoir dogs ass shit right there is what i'm saying like if you killed someone they dropped an ear which kind of implied that that was your trophy you know you're kind of very you were going walking dead on that one and creating a actually you know that just reminded me there literally is an item called string of ears in diablo so it's a belt by the way Um, oh wow yeah so anyway yeah you could collect people's ears as uh trophies of your dickery i guess so before we talk about whether or not it holds up today what was your favorite character class and not including hellfire not excluding monk and i don't even know if monk is but yeah no i yeah that's the thing i never played a lot of hellfire i had it because uh, i bought the expansion um but I, I was actually not really ever a fan of it it was not well done by the way um no no i didn't like hellfire either nothing against sierra because they had a a pretty awesome catalog of games all on their own, but uh, Hellfire was not particularly well done. Uh, but excluding that, out of the three, it's kind of a toss-up. Um, I know there's not a lot to choose from because there's only three, but I kind of go back and forth between either playing as the warrior or the rogue, and it's really whether or not I feel like 
getting all up in monsters business and just smashing their faces or if I want to be a little bit more tactical and just attack everything from range. So it kind of depends on how I'm feeling when I roll a new character. Um, I think for the most part, I ended up leaning more towards the warrior though. Honestly, uh, I never touched the sorcerer, um, because goddamn, it is hard to play that class in that game, by the way. Um, I know we don't want to go too long here, but just to touch on that real quick, uh, if you go and play the first Diablo and it's your first time and you know, you're checking it out, I would probably suggest going with warrior. That's the easiest point of entry. Um, do not, if you value your time, start with the, the sorcerer because, um, playing as a pure caster in the first Diablo is rough. The only way you can learn spells is by finding randomly dropped books, either from enemies or from bookshelves that are in the dungeon levels, and then reading them and learning your spells that way. So it's uh, kind of a crapshoot as to whether or not you're going to have stuff that's going to be effective. And you're also limited by your mana pool, whereas, you know, your uh, warrior and your rogue, you're really only limited by the durability of your weapon. Um, which is easy to go and repair and it lasts a lot longer. But as a caster, you basically burn through your mana in like five seconds and then you have to run around and hope you can smack things with your walking stick. So Mm -hmm. if you want to play Diablo on hard mode, play, play the caster, (laughs) which is, which is funny because in almost every Diablo clone, the wizard is always broken. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or, or even in for in, you know, future installments of the series. I mean, the sorceress, a uh, frozen orb hydra sorceress, is still like one of the best classes you can play in Diablo 2. And mm-hmm. it's the same deal with uh, D3, even though everything's actually pretty well balanced in D3 now. But um, like wizards and, and caster classes definitely still wreck face. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I guess I'd technically say warrior. I think that's the most time I had put in. But what about you? Which Which of the three? I'm I'm going to pretty much echo everything you just said, except I'm more with the rogue. I just like using bow and arrows. Okay. Yeah, I like, that's I fair. Like, I like having ranged attacks. It is. It definitely gives you an advantage um, in most cases, I think. But uh, you're also tend to be squishier. And a lot of the enemies either have ranged attacks that they can throw right back at you. Or they tend to just bum rush you, uh, in which case that makes it a little bit more difficult but if you if you play tactically enough then i think you can get by mm-hmm. all right that's one of the nice things about how the dungeons were laid out in the first diablo and technically the the second one too but more so the first because the gameplay was a little bit more methodical um but you could be very tactical in that you could bottleneck enemies through like doorways and halls and stuff so mm-hmm. that's really where the the rogue i think shined the most for sure but and it's the hottest one. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> it, there is that. I, I, I remember uh, this was one one of the things I did a lot as a kid is I loved instruction manuals for games. I'm actually uh-huh. a little bummed that that isn't a thing anymore. Um, but I would spend a lot of time literally just reading and rereading instruction books for like games I really loved. I was just like that into the the lore and stuff i guess which by the way you can find the pdf of the original diablo manual on blizzard's ftp site uh just google like diablo one manual pdf they have it out there for free go check it out it's really fucking cool there's a lot of really badass uh art in there um from a lot of the original artists from blizzard and the like literally the second like or the last third of the instruction manual is just straight up lore like there is like the book of the Haradrim and like the story of like the three primevals and the exile and the sin war. It's there's a ton of really awesome content in there. So, you know, if you like Diablo at all, go check that out. I really miss that about big box PC games. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How the, the, the instruction manual is more than instruction manual is essentially a novel. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, the <laughs> it's kind of like what they give you in collector's editions of games now where it has a bunch of really cool art and lore and stuff in it except back then you didn't have yeah. to pay extra for it it was standard and some games even came with like cloth maps and, yeah. and pendants and weird yeah, stuff back in my day oh god we had standards <laughs> i know right 
I don't know what the, the <laughs> youths are up to these days. So I think I know your answer on this, but, but uh, since you alluded to it earlier, yeah. but is Diablo worth playing today? Does it hold up? Absolutely. Go play it right now. Go go find nice. a copy of it. Um, unfortunately, you can't buy it directly from Blizzard, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, if you can find a CD copy of it somewhere, probably eBay or something, um, mm-hmm. go pick it up or or the or the PlayStation version, I suppose. Either one. Um, if you do play PC, PlayStation version not cheap. Yeah, well, if you play on PC, um, because we're kind of in modern times and all the default resolution of the game is super tiny. And so you're going to be playing in a very small window. I would suggest going and looking for the Diablo one HD mod that is available out there. It makes it full screen. Um, it doesn't up res any of the graphics at all, but it allows you to play on a modern widescreen monitor. And it also tweaks a few things that, uh, actually were included in the PlayStation version. Like you can run while you're in town, which is actually super helpful. Um, and it also includes like a, a personal stash and things like that, that the original game didn't have. So a few quality of life improvements. So I would recommend doing that too. But, um, that's a long way of saying, fuck yeah, you should play Diablo. Um, if for nothing, then just to, to protest where they're taking the franchise now. I would love to see a mobile version made of the original Diablo. I think that would be fun. You know, actually, yeah, it probably would be. <laughs> I was being serious. I, yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd take that over the other the other thing. I mean, it's, it you could you could translate Diablo over the original Diablo fairly successfully with touch controls. I don't think it would be hard. I think they could do the do that right. No, it wouldn't be hard. I mean, there are plenty of Diablo clone style mobile games out there now. Yeah. So it's not like it's not a not totally doable. But uh, so what about you, though? Do you do you feel like this is something that someone could go pick up having never played it or played it when they were younger and get some enjoyment out of it? If you're a filthy casual like me, right? <laughs> go on. Um, the game itself, like if you can actually play the game, sure, play it. Uh, but the problem is, is a lot of the compatibility issues and the barrier to entry. And is it worth the trouble of going through it when Diablo 2 is so much easier to get? And this is where I kind of look down on Blizzard. It's kind of like, hey, there's websites like Good Old Games that you could port Diablo over to DRM free, which of course they'd probably hate because they're Activision now. True. And and people could download this and play this in its original form, which Blizzard doesn't care much for either. I mean, if you played it in original form, you wouldn't like it, right? So <laughs> yeah, you think you want it, but you don't. You think you do, but you do not want that. So I would have to say, like I said, if you can get it then get it. And I'm not encouraging to go through a bit torrent to try and get it, but if that's the only way you can play it, <laughs> sometimes that's the only way you can play it. I mean, we're not, um, we're not saying it, but we're saying it. No, but someone like me who doesn't know too much about bit torrents and I don't really want to just because of the dangers that are on there. and don't have very good antivirus software. Um, it's built into windows. And, now you're fine. Okay, fine. Well, <laughs> you'll have to give me some lessons on how to get this later. But like I said, as a filthy casual, it's really hard to get a legitimate version of this game or just a version of this game. And then, like you said, applying HD mods, which I don't know how to apply a lot of mods to my computer games or through Steam, and it should be easy. I know it's easy. I just I haven't tried it because I'm a filthy casual console fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's true. It's just it's, it's the barrier to entry and that the fact the game was probably designed with Windows 95 or Windows 97 in mind. And here we are at Windows 10, which refuses to be compatible with anything before like Windows Vista or Windows 7 or whatever the hell makes it even more difficult for people like me who don't know too much about how to modify the PC experience to really get into the game. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give so, you yeah. that for sure. But uh, I guess my what I will say uh, just in response to that is that there is a there's definitely a, a level of effort there that you wouldn't have with some other games for sure. But I right. I would argue that it's worth the time. Mm, not when you have Diablo two though, <laughs> or not when you, I guess not when you can get know. not when you, ha- you you can get Torchlight for like three dollars. And I would say Torch arguably Torchlight is a better game than Diablo one. I'm not going to say it's better than Diablo two. But it's a better game. So when you have better experiences of the original game and you can just go to that and kind of look at Diablo in the past, um, sometimes that's and that's the easier thing to do. Sometimes that's what you should do. Now, like I said, if you can play it, yes, it holds up. It's not a knock against the game. It's just a matter matter of 
on how it's distributed, how it was distributed, and uh, the preservation efforts that have been made to make sure people can play Diablo today, mm -hmm. which there haven't been any. So when I really think about it, does it hold up? Sure. Should you go out of your way to try and play it? I, I can't recommend it. That's fair. I mean, that, that's fair. I You know what? For the record, I think this might be the first time we've actually disagreed on that. I think so. Yeah. Look at that. Well, it's not 25 episodes. Finally get there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Eventually we did. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I think we've had a pretty good discussion. Um, I, I mean, I could talk about Diablo all day because I'm just, uh, I am a huge fanboy and I'm not ashamed to admit that there was a time where I'd say I was a Blizzard fanboy, but you know, kind of fuck them now. So I'll just say that I'm a Diablo fanboy because that's probably more accurate anyway. But, um, but yeah, your love for Diablo is immortal. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cut the feed. We're fucking done. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, um, want to thank you, uh, you guys, for listening. As always, um, if you would like to reach out to us and uh, you know give us your commentary or any questions you might have or suggestions for things that you want to hear us talk about, uh, there are several ways that you can do that. Um, we're pretty much on every social media platform i think at this point um best place to reach out to us i think now honestly is probably going to be instagram so slide into our dms if that's what you want to do um and uh or or send us an email um that one's always good uh podcast at retrohangover.com uh and uh, outside of that just search for the name retro hangover uh, on all your favorite social spots and there's a good chance you will find us yeah, we are uh, big enough to deliver and small enough to care. So Ooh, I like go that. ahead and and come on over to the Re Retro Hangover Facebook page or Instagram page. And pretty much if, if you go on there right now and you want to write a comment or ask us a question, we will get back to it. I, we will promise you that, or at least I'll promise you that. And a, a big thank you to Superfam Sam, who pretty much likes all our posts. You are amazing, Sam. I, I pay attention. You're You're great. <laughs> I love you a long time, Sam. <laughs> All right. So that concludes episode 25 of Retro Hangover. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you all move to England to make new memories with PlayStation. <laughs> what? What?